Oh, yeah, I guess I did. All right. Um, cool. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Oh Well, Redbird, a podcast about a pair of millennials talking about just kind of the stuff that interests us and the uh, process of growing up and becoming adults. My name is Alexander. Uh, I am the elder of the two of us. I am joined by... Uh, I'm Jasmine. I'm the younger of the two of us. As you can tell, it's been just a little bit since we uh, did this intro, and I have just enough stuff, just busy enough life between the last times we did this podcast that my brain was like, bleh. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. As we start most of these episodes, though, Jasmine, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing alright. Um... It, it's funny, like, we, you know, we always, like, talk right before we actually start recording this, just, like, catch up on stuff that we don't want to, like, publicly out ourselves about and whatever, and, like, I just don't have much, I didn't really have much when we were talking before we started, I don't really have much now, because, like, honestly, my life is just, my life is just, like, boring, and that's just kind of adulthood, though, is you just kind of sometimes get is it? Into, I don't remember that anymore. Well, like, well, when you have, like, a job that isn't, I guess I shouldn't say, like, that's adulthood, because, like, that's a very generalized, sweeping, whatever, but I think it's just, when you don't, when you have a job that is kind of, you know, par for the course every time you go to it, and, you know, you're trying to save money like I am, so I'm not, you know, doing too, too much outside of, like, hanging out with friends. I was gonna say, you know, but you're family. hanging out with friends, you're being social, you are doing yeah. stuff. Yeah, but, like, it's not really, you know, it's it's not like I'm, you know, gonna, like, go, you know, line by line of, like, yesterday I hung out with, like, some friends and we just played, like, our Switches together for, like, you know, six hours or whatever. It's, like, <laughs> it's... Man, I envy it's, you having that much free time. um but yeah i mean a lot a lot of it a lot of like my life is just kind of stuff like that that it's just kind of like you know boring stuff that doesn't really you know i mean i guess it might fare well like over a podcast form or whatever i was gonna say that's one of the weirdest things is it feels boring but like literally the podcasts are inherently narcissistic i mean to an extent depends on what the I mean, yeah, there, there's there's an element of narcissism to every podcast, but there's also an element of, like, you know, depending on which one it is and whatever, there's, there's also just, like, a level of, like, you kind of have to just know, like, what is going to be more exciting to, uh, you know, to whoever might be listening. Well, which... true, but also you were, like, the reason we don't have an episode up this week, or... We because do I was feeling, like, sick. Yeah, it's because you were sick. Like, you, you um, did have stuff happen. Yeah. It's not like, the most interesting, guess... but it is stuff. <laughs> which is also fair. I mean, I guess that's the one thing to report, but that's only because I was only feeling, like, sick and off um, because I was open training at work, and I work at a coffee shop, which means that open training means me waking up, at least on weekdays, at... 2.30 a.m. and then you know getting off work at like 11 and like usually you know when I get off I mean anytime I get off work I usually try and like go to the gym directly after 
but you know when you're when you've been up since you know 2 30 and whatever even like you know after going to the gym and stuff you inevitably will feel like just a nice exhaustion like mid way yeah. through the afternoon well usually and, if you're getting up at 2 a.m you're going to bed at like yeah six yeah i mean i I go to bed at like eight or nine, even when I have to wake up at like two thirty, just because I don't know. I'm just, I'm still at that point where I can kind of, I can kind of deal with being a little bit tired, even at two thirty or even. Um, uh, but you also do caffeine. That too, <laughs> that too. Like, um, one of the things I learned over the weekend with packs and everything was like, I don't do caffeine. Recovery is a lot harder for me. Yeah. That's fair. That's and probably for some people. Yeah. Which that's definitely something that like I was able to I was able to survive like last week, like because of coffee and because of caffeine. And yeah, but all all this to say last week we weren't able to record an episode because our schedules didn't line up, and on the day that our schedules would have lined up, I was feeling terrible. So, <laughs> that's uh, yeah. just that's just my life, I guess. What about the week say. before? I guess because we missed a week. What was the week before? <laughs> that was um. Uh, the week of the sixth. The, the week of the sixth. So the first real week of the new year. Yeah. Um. If I'm remembering correctly, um, I'm going to check my calendar, Google Calendar, what did I have going on? <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure I had a work, um, I had a work party that weekend, um, that weekend, that week, um, I ended up going just to kind of be a team player and it wasn't that bad. It was pretty... I mean, I also, like, like my coworkers is the other thing. Like, I think it was... I didn't want to not go because of, like, my coworkers are terrible or anything like that. It was just, like, one of those, like, this feels like a work function because it is a work function, but it feels like work because it's, like, a work function. If That was very confusing. Um, but that was it. That was all I did the week before because besides just actually going to work and all that fun stuff but that's been my past couple weeks what about you how have your past two weeks been i know one big thing that happened was pax yes get into it was pax out this weekend um which is a always paxes are always a huge thing um i don't really remember what happened the week of this oh i got sick the week of the sixth. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you're so, moving. You're moving. Like, no, no, I moved already. Well, no, but like you know, it, it's like you you moved, and then it that was like the first like real week that you were in your new place. <clears throat> yes, yeah, and yeah. We so, haven't really talked since then. Yeah, so I I really like the new place. I barely see my roommate. It's real bad. We're like on fairly on like shifted off schedules. Mm-hmm. So there's every so often we catch each other. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm also so incredibly busy right that like even when I'm incredibly busy uh, or even when I'm here I'm like I just need to sit down and play some video games and relax for a second 
Right. Um, but, uh, so, basically, turns out I'm allergic to uh, cedar, and we had a massive cedar explosion the week of the 6th. Like, just tons of cedar in the air, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That led to, I'm, like, still a little nasally. Like, I still haven't gotten over it. But it led to, like, me being stuffed up to the point where I was, uh, I must have gotten, like, it triggered my asthma, which then became, like, bronchitis or something. Mm-hmm. Doctor thinks I had, like, a viral infection. Uh, because I was achy. You know how you get achy when you have a fever a lot of the time? Yeah. I was achy without having a fever. Mm. I was exhausted without having a fever. I was temperature shot, like, reactive without having a fever. It was a real... So I ended up missing... Like, I left early on Thursday of two weeks ago, and I missed Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, which sucked, because I was out of PTO. So, uh... Yeah. But, um... Because of the holidays and the trip and everything. Um, but yeah, so I ended up like kind of down for the count over the weekend two weekends ago mm-hmm. but i was really glad that i got sick that weekend because it meant by monday i had recovered because the hospital summer camp came through which is a crazy busy time and then i was flexing my hours so that i could go to pax west so i was working like tens mm-hmm. i worked an 11 because i was fighting with apple mm-hmm. uh one night and they were supposed to call me back and for some reason apple can't call me on my cell phone number. Interesting. Like, people can call me. And frequently do. But, like, Apple and, like, the front desk of the... Of the uh, new apartment complex can't call my cell phone. Mm-hmm. Don't know why. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but, like, spam calls still get through, so, you know. whoop de do. Um, but yeah, so we had, like, I had a busy, busy, busy work week, and then I crash coursed straight into PAX South, while also doing dance, as much as I could manage. Um, so PAX South, Smouth, (laughs) is, um, the smallest of the PAXs. Mm -hmm. It's... Honestly, smaller in some ways than Sakurakan. Um, like, almost more on par with Kumori in terms of what's on the show floor. Mm-hmm. Without having an actual artist alley, of course, right? Right. Um, but it's still about 40-something thousand people. So mm-hmm. it's bigger than Sakurakan or Kumori-Kan. Um, in terms of population. Mm-hmm. Um, but since I started this job, literally yesterday was my two-year anniversary. Oh, nice. Um, since I started this job two years ago, the tone of what I do at PAXs has shifted, and I've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, like, PAXs are work for me. Even if I'm not getting paid for that work, I am... Mm-hmm on and I am working I am a part of the game industry I am networking I am meeting people Um, so this year at South instead of it just being me and the guy from Texas Children's it um, ended up being 
there were four patient tech specialists there. Mm -hmm. uh, plus the charity we work with, Child's Play Charity. Um, and so, like, we were constantly... And then the other thing South had was the uh, Latinx and gaming booth. Mm -hmm. So there's a there's a community of like latinx people who are working to increase visibility increase representation of game devs and also like latinx people in gaming mm -hmm. um like so that we're not just the gangsters in gta right um and i'm i met them at west two years ago and I'm a huge, like, I'm like, dude, let me help out. Like, my sister's really the one who's all about the family culture and the heritage. I'm a little bit more like, I grew up in Redmond, Washington. There were maybe a half dozen Latino people. Mm -hmm. um, we maybe had, like, a half dozen black kids in our high school. Uh, we had a bunch of Asian kids. But mm -hmm. effectively... I grew up not, like, nobody, there wasn't a huge distinction on me being Latino. Mm -hmm. um, like, I grew up not effectively white, but effectively white, right? Right, there's Except, like an element of white passing that you kind of get, especially when you live in, like, when you're kind of upper middle class or... Yeah, and we definitely, it's an upper middle area. class area, and I'm definitely, like, an upper middle class kind of boy. Yeah. Which shows sometimes, like, when I have issues remembering that, like, $50,000 is actually a lot of money to people. Yeah. Um, whereas to me, $50,000 is, like, I am, it might be effective 80000 in San Antonio, but, like, I still don't think I'm making a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Because I'm used to tech-based salaries of, like, right. $120,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, 90 is like starting salary for tech right but um so like i'm still a little like way less like yes latinx representation matters except it totally matters um mm -hmm. a lot of latinx representation is way more focused on mexican-american representation mm -hmm. um but not exclusively and also like I am in a really weird job, and one of the things that I want to do is pay that forward a little bit by, like, yeah, there's only about maybe 20 of these positions in the world, but hopefully in the next five or six years, there's going to be a lot more. Mm -hmm. So I want to be able to, like, be there and be visible as somebody who does this, yeah. as this being an option. So I was, like, I split my time helping out between the Child's Play booth and the Latinx lounge, and, like, I barely went to any panels. Except for my own panel. Mm -hmm. How was your panel? Good, I think. I managed to say bullshit in a room with children in it. Um, with my director there. See, if my director wasn't there, it's not actually that big of a deal. Right. Because it's a PAX panel, and like, I'm sorry, you don't bring kids into a PAX panel. Or into PAX in general, and don't expect them to hear swear words. Yeah. Um, like gamers are just very cussy people but it was day three i'm very low on sleep and my yeah. brain is in pax mode yeah um thankfully i think the only kids in that room were a, another patient were like one of my colleagues kids who mm -hmm. i'd met before and i was like i'm not worried if, if those were the only kids in that room i don't care 
Yeah. Because, like, the parents are like, no, we're good. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the panel went great, I think. Um, oh, that's good. The thing I did this year that I haven't done at other PAXs is, is go to the parties. Mm-hmm. So part of that was a bit of me being like, you know what? I'm at PAX. I have, like, colleagues in town. I should take advantage of this to see people. And part of that was me being like, ah, I'm bored enough. Like, let's go to a party, right? It's Friday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, like, mentally prepared for a hell weekend that's a four-day weekend, despite the fact that South is only three days. Like, I still br- I drop into PAX West brain, mm-hmm. not PAX South brain. Uh, so I, like, grid out to, uh, um, like, got grit, you know, like, gridded myself for, like, a much worse weekend than it, than it was, in some ways. Uh, but I hadn't realized, which is stupid of me, because I've always heard how important those parties are to networking. Mm. Um... Like, how important it is to, like, go to those parties and talk to people. And you'll meet people from, like, every major game studio you can think of. That That's at the... You know, at West, it's going to be a bigger deal because it's a there's more people there. But, like, you'll meet people from, like, a ton of different game studios. But also, like, marketing head... Like, major marketing people in, like, Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't sound like a lot until you realize that, like, Red Bull loves to be charitable. Yeah. So, like, it could be something, right? Like, there's so yeah. much... Um, uh, like, there's still so many things you're meeting people kind of thing. So I did the Gamer uh, Houston party, which was funny because I got to go to a gay bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was cool. They had name tags with all the pronouns on them, right? Or with, not the pronouns, the, uh, LGBTQA, uh, flags and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe, probably not all of them, but they had enough, they had, like, the the majority of them, right? Mm-hmm. Set for straight. Uh, and I was like, well, I'm not putting on any of these other name tags, because that's appropriative. Like, yeah, that's not fair. Um, that nightclub was 2,200 square feet. It was insane. The dance floor was huge. And then you walked through the dance floor and you walked out into a giant open courtyard. Mm-hmm. It was really weird. Um, that was a that was a lit party, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also went to the Latinx party um, on Saturday night. Which means I got home at like 1.30 every night. Mm-hmm. And then woke up because I had to be at the convention center at 10 a.m., Every day except for Friday. Mm-hmm. But I got to the convention center at like 10 a.m. on Friday. Did you still go into work on Friday? I thought you said you were going no, to. No, no, no. I didn't. But I got up and went to the convention center by 10 a.m. Like, I slept. I thought I was going to sleep in, and I didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I went into PAX. I ended PAX. Oh, and then I went out to dinner Sunday night. Um, like, I ended PAX just the most exhausted, and I'm still recovering from that. But PAX was great. 
Um, a lot of networking, a lot of talking to people, meeting people. Um, one of the weirdest things about the game industry is that it um, it runs on face-to-face meetings. Like, it's this super high-tech industry, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, going to dinner with the charity, you know, with some guys from a charity that you're, like, working with can be about a thousand times more productive than, like, mm-hmm. seven weekly phone calls. Um, meeting the patient tech specialists in the flesh and just chatting generates more ideas than, like, six weeks worth of, like, weekly phone calls. Mm-hmm. Um... And it's weird. It's a weird quirk I'm starting to notice about the industry, right? Um, but, uh, yeah, South was fun. I ran around like a chicken with my head cut off. I don't know if it's coming across, but my voice is like a little bird still. Mm-hmm. Bird, not bird. B-U-R-R-E-D. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh... Yeah, so my voice is, like, slightly off. Um, partially from PAX, partially from the fact that I still have a cough. Mm-hmm. Which you should get checked out soon. I It's getting better at a fairly steady rate, so I'm not, like, as worried about it. It used to be, like, I'd cough and I'd go, <laughs> and I was like, that, I almost went to the, like, ER. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I was very much, like, Oh, God. But I didn't, thankfully. Uh, because that's a $200 copay. Mm-hmm. Not counting, like, any x-ray they give you is going to be, like, they bill you for the x-ray, they bill you for the lat. Like, it's it's crappy. American healthcare sucks shit. Even with insurance. Um, but, no, that was PAX South. Uh, crazy time. Um, crazy fun time, but also South this year was, uh, a lot smaller of a show floor. Um, like there was a lot less studios there. Interesting. Um, and I think part of that was, it's the smallest packs. It's like the lowest priority. And I think a lot of it was that, uh, we have new consoles this generate, like this year. Mm. Like we're moving into a new generation. And I don't think yeah. anybody is going to go, like, bring anything to South, right? Like, uh, maybe we'll see some stuff at West and at Gamescom. We're definitely going to see stuff at E3. But South is so small of a convention that you usually just get, like, kind of the leftovers almost. Yeah. Uh, I'm mad because I didn't give my friend who works for Penny Arcade a hug this year. Which means I broke the streak of giving of managing to say hi to her for about two seconds mm-hmm. at every pack since I moved away. Mm. Uh, and I found out there were some other people from like my college days were demoing games at South that I didn't know. Um, I know too many people at any of these packs. It's really mm-hmm. funny. It's real hard to see everybody I, I know at a convent at one of these packs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know work's not paying for West, 
So now I have to decide whether or not I'm going to come up for West. Yeah. Uh, which is hard because it's expensive. Yeah. But also, like, it's an excuse to see all my friends in Seattle and see yeah. Seattle. So I'm like, oh. Um, there's Scuttlebutt. We're going to, a bunch of us were like, you know what? Paxton Plug is fun. Like, sounds like a lot of fun. Like, board game packs. Yeah, where is that and one? It, Philly. Philadelphia. And it's, like, a $230 flight. Which is about as cheap as I can find a flight short of going to Vegas. Because um, Vegas subsidizes their flights. Mm-hmm. Apparently, if you go to Vegas... For, like, New Year's Eve, you can get hotel rooms for almost free. Hmm. Like, like, Excalibur Penthouse for, like, $60 a night. Interesting. Um, because they're just trying to bring people into the city, I guess. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So that, I mean, that was, like... That's what I've been up to. Mm-hmm. It's been crazy busy. I don't know. Are conventions like that for you? Like, when you're cosplay? Like, obviously it's not the same. You're not working it. Right. But, like, does it have that same, like, unbridled chaos almost? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Because I think I've had a couple that have felt like that. Um just because like last year especially because I really started to like I actually did some panels myself last year oh did you? yeah I did how did you um, not was it a character panel? yeah they're character panels mm. um but like that's still in and of itself is is kind of its own um well, that's less, like, that's almost improv theater, is what I those mean, character yeah. panels are. Yeah, but it's, it's still a panel, so... Yeah, I mean, I know you want to explain different. what they are? Mm-hmm. Um, as I just take a sip of water. Um, so, oh. I, guess, I mean, I guess, like, the, the big difference between, like, the, the panels that I kind of did, that I kind of did, that I did last year, versus, like, the ones that Alexander is talking about are, um... Character panels are kind of, are essentially where you have, like, you know, a cast that are up front, and we act as the characters that we're cosplaying, and, you know, either, like, there are character panels that are just, like, Q&A panels, where you just kind of, you know, are asked questions, you have to answer in character, or they also can involve, like, improv games, that kind of thing. Those were kind of the ones that I've done in the past couple of years. There's probably, um, there's definitely other variations. There are variations that are more creative than that. Um, that probably, that like involve like skits and that kind of stuff too. Um, I haven't really gotten Character panels into that. are my least favorite panels at an anime convention. If I walk in and I realize it's a character panel, I'm like, crap. Yeah, they're, they're definitely for a very special specific audience and even I'm not that audience because I'm I also don't really 
I don't really go to panels in general at anime conventions unless there there happens to be some sort of very specific panel about like I don't know um most well one if it's a dance panel and two if it's <laughs> a um like a panel about some sort of skill that I'm trying to learn did I mention the salsa dancing that we did at PAX no you did not yeah so the Latinx lounge uh Friday night did a salsa dancing a, they did a weird. They chose a weird choice to teach, like a weird step to teach. B, I was salsa dancing in sneakers on carpet, mm-hmm. and sneakers are heavier than dance shoes. But on top of that, dancing on carpet is incredibly hard. Like, it's a lot, and we were doing like a side to side step. So I started, I ended the first day of PAX, went to a, and like right before I went to a party with like an hour and a half of salsa dancing, which is aerobic, like aerobic as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great. I loved it. Um, I might have started a trend of like trying to set up like lat, uh, like the Latinx lounge might want to set up like dance stuff at PAX adjacent. Like I'm like, I'm down. I'm a hundred percent down for all of that craziness. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, sorry. That just reminded me. It was so much fun, but also yeah. it killed me for the weekend. Like my legs hurt mm-hmm. on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I also walked like eighty thousand steps or sixty thousand steps over the weekend. So you know. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you were saying. Um. Yeah, dance no, panels. No, yeah. Um. No conventions are like a lot, especially when you're when you're kind of when you've done that kind of dancing and stuff um but yeah like the 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 panels that i usually go to are are usually dance or some sort of specific like skill that i'm trying to learn um and so even these i don't really attend as like an audience member um but i like like mostly i kind of wanted to do these do like that kind of style, like the character panel and that kind of thing, um, this year just because it was a way of getting me getting, of me getting myself out of my comfort zone. Fair enough. Because like even though I did theater and stuff in high school, a lot of my theater theater experience was like behind the scenes and backstage, um, which is like a different sort of. You know, it is kind of it's it's far different from actually acting on stage. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know. I I'd be hard pressed to say that my that conventions for me are like kind of that kind of unbridled chaos. Just because I don't know. I also I mean I also think that like mine are like a lot of it's a lot of social stuff. It, and a lot of not really networking. Yeah, yours is less like networking, and it's more. Well, it is networking, but it's like social networking, not. Yeah, like, it's it's just like kind of it's trying to make friends for friends, not. Yeah. Like having. Which is not, the best type of networking at PAX is where you're like just having a good time talking to somebody, and then it turns yeah. into like, wait a minute, hold on. Yeah. Um. And I mean. A lot of also my my conventions have kind of also started to involve a lot. I mean, my, my convention in general now just always involve like 
drinking at some point during the con and holy some crap going to some variant of a party whether that's at somebody's hotel room or whether that's like an actual official like party or whatever but the video game industry relies is so intensely alcoholic mm-hmm. um like it's shocking how much drinking is involved in the game industry yeah uh, which again I knew about going like before this but like seeing it firsthand and talking to people who are like I haven't been sober since Thursday effectively right like they're like technically yeah. I, I sobered up during the during the convention but like then we went out for partying right away and I've been drinking again I, I started drinking again at like seven o'clock I mean I think that that's like you kind of you 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 see that in like other kinds of I mean that's like an industry thing versus like like a yeah that's not a convention type of thing but I mean but I think it's also I mean there's a couple things at work here right because for one I think that video like video game conventions are or at least I, I maybe I shouldn't say like video conventions in general but PAX specifically has also has always felt like a like the the audience going to that like it's varied it it varies a whole lot but i think that there's kind of a level of maturity that's expected slash like it it just kind of feels a lot older maybe that also maybe like the audience also just feels older because of the the organization of packs in general is is such that it feels like not not mature again in the sense that like you know it's no of all ages it's always attending it yeah, but like you're saying. There's just kind of like a level of organization, a level of just, you know, also has to do with like the number of people that attend it, and also like the, the number of after parties that are specifically like packs oriented. Like these are for, these after parties are for packs, not just like, yeah. here's some events that happen to be like coinciding just yeah like the gearbox after gear. party is a pax specific yeah. after party yeah um and i think and i mean but that's also i i do genuinely think that like anime conventions are just generally younger like the i think the the median age there is just far younger i would agree not um, well, I not not maybe not far younger, but like it, it it does teeter in such a way. Slash, I think that the the audience that anime conventions are going for are far more like general, like trying to include more people. I would disagree there. And, well, maybe not. No, no, no. Maybe I should not not in that way. But um, that's a, that's the wrong way of saying it. But I think that they're they're trying to be they're not trying to gear towards a younger audience they're just trying to be a little bit more inclusive to a degree slash they again i I would disagree i would say anime conventions are more insular than the paxes um now admittedly pax is i think about the only gaming convention i've been to because Mm -hmm. there's not that many but I would argue that SakuraCon, KomoriCon, um, the one in Vancouver that I can't remember the name of, but I've ended up at twice by accident. Um, anime Revolution. Yeah, Anime Revo. Which is shitty, but that's for... Um, are all a lot more insular. 
um, like the anime community is still fairly inclusive, right? Like all oh, yeah. the all of these events are fairly inclusive, but like Emerald City hits like the broadest swath of people mm-hmm. because it's a comic con and like a lot of people who are into comics really don't touch anything else, but like a lot of people who are into everything else touch like we'll we'll touch on comics. And Emerald City is more of like a culture. It's like a geek culture convention. Like they yeah. call them comic cons, but they're really like a bit of everything. Yeah, which also has to do with kind of the more broad sweeping like acceptance of like, comic books, comic cons, and comic books, and just kind of the general popularity of like comic like Stuff. media. Um, so um, it's just nerd, I mean, kind of, like, nerd culture, but, like, a certain brand of nerd culture, you know? Is yeah, like the Avengers far movies. more accepted as a result, but, um, yeah, I would, I would also agree that, like, anime conventions are, are just so very insular that they don't, they also just don't have, because they're so insular, and because there's kind of, there's still a very kind of niche to them, that they don't, they just don't have the, the broad sweeping, like, ability to have those kinds of like after parties and that kind of stuff um i don't even remember how we got on this topic well um, yeah um but yeah i think anime duke conventions do skew lower like or in age like not exclusively and i think the west coast ones are probably younger than the east coast ones yeah that too actually um, that's a good that's a really good point too is the, because the stories you hear out of the yeah. east coast ones yeah, because there's also, like, I, yeah, now that actually you're, you're, um, you're talking about it, there's, like, um, what's the one that, um, there's, like, Dragon Con, isn't it, in Georgia? Well, that, Dragon like, Con's a comic con. Or not Dragon Con, what is it? There's, there's, there's a convention in Georgia that's, like, yeah. a 24-hour one. Colossal Con or Colossal Con? Colossal Con is, um. No, Colossal Con's in Cleveland. But yeah. regardless, anyway, um, there there are ones that are in that are like uh, there are ones in on the East Coast that are anime conventions even specifically. The stories are, you well, they're bigger. Like they're, Colossal yeah. Con is well, actually, it's not that much bigger than Sucker Con. It's about five thousand bigger. They're seventeen thousand ish. Maybe it's older. Uh, maybe just Dragon Con is like huge, right? But the stories you hear out of like. Not Colossal Con specifically, but, like, we'll call it Colossal Con, because mm-hmm. I can't remember, is, like, that, like, the After Dark version of those of those conventions yeah. becomes, like, just a giant orgy at times, and you're like, okay, but, like, that doesn't have, like, the West Coast Cons do not do things like that, right? Yeah. Um, now, clearly, the... Dollars to Donuts, there's an orgy somewhere. But yeah. it, it's not like this, like, seeping consciousness of, like, rumors about it. Uh, not to disparage fair. Colossal Con as specifically that thing. It's just the one that I had the name up of. And I don't even uh, know if it's just specifically, like, orgies, but just in general, there's it's just a lot more, like, adult mature. sort of mature yeah. sort of like things that are happening Actually, let's skip because mature and they're call open it adult. later what let's skip mature and call it adult <laughs> yeah, yeah um yeah there's very it, it's very specifically like there's 18 plus things happening and there's just kind of a general sort of from 
at least from like my perspective from seeing what goes on and whatever there just feels like a more there's just a lot more happening that are ge- that is geared towards an 18 plus audience and like we still have that to an extent at like you know our west coast cons and everything but or i guess our specifically the pacific northwest cons but a but lot it does of feel it like pax tends to be a little old like it's it's not even it pax i would argue tends to feel a little more mature yeah. Um, which is what I think your original point was. Like, it has a habit of feeling... It's not adult. It just has a habit of feeling a little bit more like an industry work event. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Ex- yeah. That... And that, that was exactly um, um, my point was... To take a long way to a short statement. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, all that to say that, like... I don't know. My, my, my cons just kind of vary in their level of chaos depending on... How much I'm drinking, how many like concrete things I have to do, slash what I'm I still end tempted up to do Acon this year. Hmm? I'm still half tempted to, to do Acon this year. Yeah, I'm trying to. We'll we'll see. In May, I... uh, uh, the weddings I had to I thought I had to worry about um, got put, I was wrong. They aren't this year. They're next year. Oh, okay. Um, or the one wedding. Uh, that I thought I had to worry about. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Which is a relief, because that means... That puts... Uh, like, I can do dumb things like fly to San Diego to go see the premiere of Top Gun in IMAX with my best friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we grew up on Top Gun together, and why would we not go... He lives in San Diego, and why would we not do it in the same town that it's set in? Mm-hmm. And, like, I can do that because I don't have to worry about, like, going to a wedding and buying a wedding gift. Right. Um, I do have to go buy, like, Roaring Twenties outfits for dance this weekend, or on mm-hmm. Friday. And then I do have uh, one of the studio, one of the girls from the studio is getting married. Um, oh. And, well, I wasn't on the original guest list. I am now on the guest list kind of on that fallback guest list because like you're not gonna invite everybody from the studio right like right but when you when you paid for the food and people have said like have dropped out you're like yeah get them in there um which sounds more pathetic than it really is uh, like it, it is maybe like cool i'll go to a wedding mm-hmm. why not uh and then being like oh crap i need to go own a suit jacket now mm-hmm so I'm going to go buy a suit jacket this weekend, finally. There you go. All of that, the other thing we're going to talk about is you finally have a Switch. I do. <laughs> You're finally um, able to play Fire Emblem, which that... means I should probably start replaying Fire Emblem, uh, which is a terrible use of my time. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> but what do you think? So far, I really like it. Um, there's, I of course, I think I, I've said it before when we've kind of talked about Fire Emblem a little bit. I am a Blue Lions kind of girl. That was that's been my house. I love my 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 rat boar boy Dimitri, and I've officially in it with the with the Blue Lions and. I'm like seven chapters in and 
I mean, I'm playing on baby mode because I cannot stand the idea of like losing um losing my kids. Losing oh, you're playing on casual? Yeah, I cuz what you know who I am. <laughs> you think that I would be able to like handle so having what these you do, kids like die by the my way, hands? The way you play Fire Emblem is that if a kid dies, you restart the mission. I I guess, but like I I just that can't That is the terrible abusive way an entire generation has grown up playing tactics RPGs. I mean, is if yes. your character dies, you restart the mission, you do something slightly different so the RNG doesn't like screw you and that is the penalty you pay. I mean, yes. You, it you triples correct. the amount of time you play in the game, but that too. I also am just this is like my first yeah, I mean, this is your first like time. My... No, you're doing exactly the right thing. Yeah, and like, you know, it's my first, like, Fire Emblem game that... Or I guess it's not even my first at this point, because I started playing Awakening it during um, PAX Plus last year, but I just didn't really get too far into it. Um, but, um, I mean, yeah, so far so good. I'm just trying to focus on recruiting the kids that I want to recruit, and... Hashtag Edelgard was right. Uh, <laughs> whatever you want to think, man. Whatever you want to think. Um, but it's... But yeah, I mean, so far, so far so good. I love it, and I am just waiting for that time skip to hit. I think it comes around like 11, chapter 11 or something like that. Something like that, yeah. It's 11 to 13. And I'm just waiting for the pain and suffering that is to come. So, just mentally preparing. The infuriating thing is I know details about that world that you will not see in your run. And you're going to see details about that world that I will not see in my run. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that game so much for that reason. Mm-hmm. I think I've also come down on the fact that it's a shit Fire Emblem game. Um, like, in terms How? of the maps, the maps are just bad. Blue Lions might be better in the, after the skip, but, like, Black Eagle's map design is just unfun and uninspired. Mm-hmm. You played Awakening, Right? I haven't finished it. And but you've played enough of it to get a feel for, like, how Awakening's maps are? I mean, the thing is that I don't really pay it, like, I don't know, I don't, I don't pay it. You're not there for, for the tactics. Kind of thing. Um, I will say there is a level of almost counterintuity to some of the, the, the maps yeah. that I've kind of faced with Three Houses, just because... Of the way that you're oriented. Maybe this is... I don't know whether this has to do actually with, like, the maps themselves. Or whether it's just me not being a tactical RPG player. So maybe I just don't see the kind of things that, like, somebody more experienced will be able to see. Yeah. Um, but some of them are... Some of the maps I've, I've dealt with have been such that I'm, like, getting turned around in ways that... <laughs> 
not like not like turned around turned around in like a like in a total like you know this this has become a disaster of a mission because I don't know how to, how this map works or whatever it's just been like a I've just faced an obstacle of like oh I could have gone this route and it didn't that wasn't totally clear that I could even go that route or whatever um, yeah that's interesting um actually but... it's really interesting because you are such a like baby's tactics RPG player mm-hmm. uh so I'm actually gonna be curious where you come down on the like the way the maps are and the tactics are because yeah. I come from such a back like a rigorous back around of strategy games tactics RPGs and everything else mm-hmm like, I don't like the maps because the maps don't offer me challenges that I find interesting. Yeah. Uh, and that's also, but I also not something that I, like, care about either. Yeah, I also over-leveled my party because I play on, hard, on like, normal, which is, like, hardcore or whatever now. I over-leveled mm-hmm. my party to the point where, like, Eddie could kill an entire map on her own. Mm-hmm. And not break a sweat. Um... Like, I could send teams of two to deal with problems all the way until the last, like, six levels. Mm-hmm. And then I had to send teams of four. Um, uh, so, like, I, I played that game a little differently from you, right? And I, I'm there for the strategy of layer. Um, yeah. Which did disappoint me, I think, at the end of the day. But... It has some of the best characterization. It is one of the best RPGs I have played. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, yeah, so are you enjoying your uh, House of Sadness and Misery? Yeah, so far, uh, so far, so good. Um, yeah, we'll 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 see how it how it progresses. And I'm actually I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of interested to see if I can kind of like pinpoint a little bit of what you're talking about as far as like the maps go in like yeah time skip just to kind of see i also don't know what the blue lions post time skip maps look like yeah they're gonna be different different from very different actually they're gonna have to be materially different right because of how divergent the different houses run yeah so blue lions and what's their names the meme house Golden Deer. Golden Deer. Narratively, I think they run fairly sim like a lot more similar. Yeah. They're distinct, but like Black Eagles uh I time skip like two mission two missions before you do. Yeah. Um and also it's the shortest route because like I just murder everybody. There's no politics. There's, like, raw, clear-cut murder. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that is very different than the... Uh, I think the, than what I've heard about Blue Lions and Golden Deer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, Black Eagles is a very blunt story. Yeah. She's still right. But... Um... It's interesting. It's and I love how different it is. Mm-hmm. Have you you've you've heard all the stuff about the the DLC, right? Or yes, or, I don't were you able to catch any of, any of that because it was over the weekend? Uh, 
um, which one? The Fire Emblem. I the... heard about Byleth in Smash Bros. Oh, right. But, like, the, the, the Ashen Wolves. No, I missed that. You haven't seen any of it? No. Oh, shit. That's, I mean, I don't know if you want me to, like... Cindered Shadows? Yeah. <laughs> it's been uh, kind of jokingly referred to as, like, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, <laughs> DLC, just because... A fixed cast of 11. Um... Unofficial fourth house, the Ashen Wolves. That has um, four... There's four members in this house, and every, I don't know if it's, like, actually canon or... God, they look like the Knights of the Round. Um, from Code Geass. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's canon or not, but I think that they come from the sewers. Um, so, and there's four of them, and, you know... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, but, yeah, okay. that's, so I don't know when the this DLC is, is going to forego the teaching cycle of the original game. And the maps are going to be gimmicky, which is annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, Fire Emblem, at its worst, is when the maps are all about the map gimmick. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Conquest games. Um, like those three games that they did, which was their first attempt at kind of telling the same story in three different lines, mm-hmm. uh, was the mo- looked like the Fire Emblem that I'm like used to and I like. Like I don't like the 3D style as much of Three Houses, mm-hmm. but all the maps were were gimmicks, and one of the gimmick maps, the one I quit it on, was literally like random wind comes through and like blows your team around. Mm-hmm. And completely, like, spreads your team across the entire map. Mm-hmm. Um, at random intervals. And it's infuriating as hell because, like, Fire Emblem relies on, inter- like, the interconnected networking of your teams to support each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, at its worst, Fire Emblem maps are super gimmicky. At their best, what they are is a, like, resource management game, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also biased and I love Fire Emblem 7 and Sacred Stones mm-hmm. uh, which are I think some of the best Fire Emblem tactics but Three Houses has like that mechanic of being a teacher is so incredibly powerful yeah like immediately you love those kids because they are your kids mm-hmm and you would do anything for them. Oh, yeah. Apparently they are actually, like, canonically sewer kids. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, I'm also, like, I turned up the difficulty on Fire Emblem, and they got rid of my free, uh... My ability to freely grind. Uh, in the Blue Houses run I'm trying to slowly get through. Mm-hmm. And that's not actually an issue because like, I'm pretty confident in my ability to stay ahead in the leveling curve in Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. Because I've played a billion Fire Emblems. But it, it's just enough of an issue for me 
because I like having... Like, it made the game trivial, trivial right? I, it wasn't until the last six missions that I was worried about anything on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, like... It, 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 at my core as a Fire Emblem player, I want my team to be as overleveled as possible. Right. Um, because my kids can die. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, sorry, this is supposed to be you talking about Fire Emblem, not me ranting about Fire Emblem again. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, it's just, uh, there's, I don't know, I guess, I guess it's like, it, it's also, not like hard for me to talk about, but, um, it's just I also don't want to, it's, it's like I'm not finished with the game yet, or I'm not finished with this run Yet. Right, you're still so working your like, way through. I'm still making my way through. I'm also still just kind of, even though this is, you know, who are you gonna marry? Oh, I'm trying. I'm trying to marry Linhart because I'm playing as male Byleth, so <laughs> I am. He's one I'm of your trying few. to go the gay route that I can go under. Or can I even? Ma- I can marry. Can I still marry him if I recruit him? Yeah. Okay. Cool. As long as as long as like I can still marry him when I recruit him or whatever. Um, so that's all I'm trying to do. That's, like, the main goal there. Um, <laughs> and also, like, I'm I'm trying to recruit, so I'm trying to recruit Linhart. I'm trying to recruit Dorothea. Does Dorothea and Ingrid have, like, a paired ending? Because, like... I think so. Because they should, because that shit is gay uh... as hell. Ingrid? Um, Maybe not. Um, Dorothea and, uh... Shit. If this was, like, four months ago, I would know all my kids' names. Um... uh, She's from the, like, area that the Empire conquered. Petra? Yeah, I have an ending. Um... Um, Dorothy and Petra have a pretty gay ending. That's pretty good. Uh, I'm gonna see if Ingrid has a... Me. But... Let's see, let's see. Um, I play female Byleth. Mm-hmm. So, uh, first was Eddie, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um... And this time around, because I can't have Eddie... <gasps> they don't have a paired ending. I'm gonna have, uh... It's gonna be Dorothea. Like, I'm trying not to recruit the kids from Black Eagles in my new run. Which... What run are you... A blue. Blue Lion. Oh! Uh, but I'm trying not to recruit the kids that I... Because... Specifically because I already know those kids. I need to get to know these kids, right? That's fair. But Dorothea is, like one of the only gay options for my Byleth. And I'm like, well, my Byleth was Eddie before, now it's gonna be... Um... Dorothea. Mm-hmm. So, sorry everybody who was a... who isn't a huge gamer who listens to this, which is, I think, still or my just, mom. Or just doesn't want Fire Emblem spoilers, in which case... Ah, I'll we are, like, six months from when this game released. Yeah, um... That's fair. But... Also, this game was spoiled as hell on Twitter. 
That's also fair. Um, that was about 20 minutes of us rambling about Fire Emblem. It's going to happen again. Yeah. Yeah, uh, once I get more into it and I find out some more shit, because I know there's still shit for me to for me to find out, so... Oh, yeah. Um, but also, like, that college structure, or, like, that teaching structure is such a weird, unique thing in games. Mm-hmm. Um... And it is, I think, flat out one of the best character-driven stories. Yeah, and that's even what's the, big like, for me. <laughs> even if the tactic side of it is honestly bad. Uh, I did watch a speedrun of it at AGDQ. Mm-hmm. So they chose the Blue Lions route. And did, it, did the entire game in t- two hours. Interesting. Three hours. Um... And it turns out, if you just buff Byleth, like, stupendously, um, she can clear almost the entire first half of the game on her own. Um, Which is kind of, like, crappy, but also, like, alright, cool, I guess. Um... They also murdered the entire house except for the kids they actually wanted because it slow it saves time. Yeah. Uh, but that's speed running for you. Yeah. Uh, cool. I think this is probably a good place to call it. Yeah. Um, thank you everybody for listening. Again, if you're not a super huge gamer and we rambled about Fire Emblem for 20 minutes, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but I also rambled about a gaming convention for like 20 minutes, so... Mm-hmm. We play a lot of video games here. Yeah. Um, we will watch. We will. T- we will definitely. We need to do like a Mandalorian episode. Yeah, and a I'm Witcher gonna try episode. and watch that in the next couple weeks or so. Um, but those rely on Jasmine catching up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd also love to do a Carmen San Diego episode one day, but like I don't think I'm ever gonna get her to watch it. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Maybe. Uh, life is busy. Yeah. I am going to make my Patreon targets this month. Even though it's my dad is the only person supporting my Patreon. Um, I am going to put out a short story this month. I got sick, and that threw off a lot. Um, Because I felt like crap for the whole week, even though I only missed two days of work at the end of the week. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, I lost an entire week of this month to that and then I lost an entire other week of this month to like craziness at work but I will publish a short story uh, and do a stream since my dad supported me at the tier where I have to do private streams for my Patreons mm-hmm. even though he's not going to watch it <laughs> um, Jasmine where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at birdie with a y dot cause on instagram and mockingbirds with a three instead of a c on twitter you're more likely to find me on twitter than you are on instagram right now but i have to start doing um emerald city comic con preparations in the next couple (sighs) weeks because i gotta i can't fly up to ecc damn it yep I thought about um, it. But, uh, I got a couple, or I got a medium-sized build that 
I'm finishing for that, and I'm probably gonna have, like, progress stuff out soon-ish. We'll see. Um, so that, that, I mean, that might be on Instagram. We'll, we'll see. But those are where you can find me right now. And, yeah. What about, what about you, Alexander? So you can find me everywhere, uh, or, uh, not everywhere, but most places as Redbird. R-E-D-B-R-E-A-R-D. Um, if you can't find me there, tack a 242 on it. You might, you probably will find me that way. If you find both, there's a good chance both of those accounts are mine, and I forgot one of them existed. Um, I got real mad a couple of times when I thought somebody had stolen one of my accounts. Uh, and then it's, or like had taken the name, and I was like, son of a bitch, I need this name. And then I found the old email where it was my name. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find my Patreon at patreon.com slash Alexander. And you can find the uh, pre-existing shorts that I've put up and, like, a website my sister helped me build at talesofalexander.com. Mm-hmm. Which is a pretty good name, I'll be honest. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Uh, I also have all of, like, that posted in the description and everything. All of our, like, links and all that fun stuff. Yeah. So. I forgot to talk about the big tweet I had, the big engagement tweet I had. Uh this week but we'll do that later um everybody have a good one and we'll be back next week hopefully with a plan see y'all everybody have a good one